This is Bet MGM tonight. Join us for live sweats. Yes. That was a big balls three. Three minutes ago. Big balls three. Instant reaction. This is an unbelievable thing for me to see. My favorite team, my true favorite team. Less mistress, more side piece. And maybe a few regrettable decisions. Oh, he's got bust written all over him. Gutekind sucks. Jordan Addison ran a 5-3-40 and he's Tristis height. I'd take him. You know what you shouldn't have done? Bet on the Wizards. Yep. Now, live from Washington, D.C., it's Ryan Horvat, Trista Crick, and Nick Ashew. Well, apparently, you should have bet on the Lakers tonight. 70-54 to 54 over the Celtics right now. They've got no LeBron James. they got no Anthony Davis, but you know who they have? They got Austin Reeves, who's 8 of 14, 6 of 8 from 3, 25 points and 3 assists with 8 minutes to go still in the third quarter tonight. It was the day to take dogs. Yes, it was. Uh, Pacers first half, Lakers first half, Grizzlies first half, and you would have been absolutely in the money, by the way. That Jalen Brunson under, I'll never do it again. He has 21 points uh, in the first half. He's going to end up with 50 tonight, isn't he? Yeah, yeah. there's there certain guys, like Tristan, you just don't fade, right? Yeah. Well, right. Ryan, didn't you say you were in on the Lakers tonight? You decided not to do it, or did you end up betting them? I was going to bet the Lakers. Um, well, I, I did bet the Lakers. I was going to give out the Lakers to the peeps, though. I, I bet the Lakers, but like I said, I expected one of those guys to be in. I didn't even get the best of the number. It was 13 and a half. They closed at 15 and a half. I chalked it up as an L. Somehow I looked. They had a 12-point lead. It's been a decent night, man. We had uh, St. Francis, Pennsylvania here in the Horvat household. I told Nathan we had filet tonight. <laughs> Who knows? Tomorrow we might have lobster. Shout out to St. Francis, PA. Uh, and, uh, yeah, maybe, maybe we'll, uh, maybe we'll get the Badgers home. Last I checked, they were up like 25 to eight. And, um, for some reason, my, my, my direct TV like went out. I don't even think it's raining. So I'm trying to, trying to, trying to figure that out and get some live scores here for Wisconsin. And hopefully we have a winning night. Do you have, do you have direct TV and YouTube TV? I have both, yeah. So I'm about to during the next commercial break make the switch back over as I look up. It is it's it's Wisconsin thirty, Nebraska seventeen, Wisconsin eight and a half point favorites on the uh, live line. So I'm feeling pretty good. They closed as one point dogs. God, I'm gonna hire you a financial advisor. Hundred nine dollar haircut. Well, YouTube and TV I only have for Sunday ticket. Yeah, I'm probably. But did you just buy the? You don't Sunday need it anymore. Or it's, did you buy everything? Yeah. So you had to purchase YouTube TV. Like I had to get, even if it was just the lowest no. package. What do you nope, mean? Not really. True. No. Oh. You can just do it through no. YouTube. Yeah, you didn't have to. You have can YouTube literally TV. just buy the pack. You can oh. just buy the package. What I did. Yeah. yeah you oh. can just buy it. Yeah. <laughs> well, I was. We'll work on that for next season with you, buddy. I was like, whatever. At that point, you know, just give me the games, baby. Just give me the games. Well. Trista, remember, this is the guy that didn't expense a cent from the Super Bowl last year and just said, eh, it's fine. So, you know, sometimes you could only this do so much guy. to help him out. All right. This is no, wait, wait, <laughs> Ryan. No, no, wait, no. This is the guy, and I know Amanda's coming home. She probably can hear us soon. This is the guy that only wears socks one time. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> I was going to say, I didn't expense anything last year because I'm going to double up this year in Vegas. I mean, what was I going to do in Phoenix? Fair enough. Go hang out with my Fair grandmother. Enough. All right, let's get to Kevin.
Yeah, yeah, fair enough. We could do that. All right, Kevin Sheehan jumps on with us now. Team 980 in D.C., Kevin Sheehan Show podcast as well. All right, Kevin, we're going to start with, I'm just listening to you today. You had Schefter on. Everybody's got all kinds of opinions. Before we get to the Super Bowl and everything else, Dan Quinn is the head coach of the Commanders. It was the last job to be filled. It feels kind of meh. There's some good. There's some bad. I've gotten into it. Where are you on this hire, and what does it mean for the team? Well, right now, all I care about is getting a Nebraska run because I've got them laying up a point and a half tonight. Uh, the whole world was on Wisconsin um, as the sixth team in the country on the road getting points. Uh, but it appears as if I'm on the wrong side of that one. Um, Nick, I, I'm fine with this. Like if somebody had said a month ago, Josh Harris in his first real football decision-making as the owner of this football team is going to get the number one GM on the market. Nobody disputes that Adam Peters was the most sought after GM and they're going to get their second choice, maybe third choice, probably second choice in terms of head coaches. I would have been thrilled. Um, Our fan base is a damaged fan base. There's a lot of, you know, 25 years of Snyder PTSD They just expect everything to go wrong because it did for 25 years. And so there's this feeling that Dan Quinn is a lesser hire and that they should have done better. I don't know why anybody feels they should have done better. They still have a crap stadium. They have subpar facilities. They've got a fan base that essentially left the team. You know, half of them are back. Um, and you know, yeah, they've got the number two pick in the draft and they've got a lot of picks and a lot of cap space, but I think overall, just the addition of Peters and Quinn as a combo, I think they've done pretty well. So Kevin, you don't think this was a very attractive job at all then? It's not that I don't think it was an attractive job. I think the fan base here got carried away and thought it was the best job out there. And no one's ever said that about this job. I mean, you know, the number one reason it's a better job than it's ever been is that Dan Snyder doesn't own the team anymore. But the Chargers job was attractive. Seattle for Mike McDonald, a defensive guy, they've got a lot of young defensive talent. That's a, you know, that's a, that's a team that for somebody who's 36 years old, he doesn't remember Washington's glory years and that at one time in the past it was a storied franchise. Seattle's been much more of a legitimate franchise than Washington. So, yeah, I mean, I think I think because of the picks, because of the cap space, because one of those picks is number two overall and there's a need for a quarterback um, on this roster, that makes it attractive, clean slate for the GM. But, uh, you know, I, I personally think they got the guy that they really were impressed by the most anyway in Quinn. I had somebody tell me two weeks ago, Quinn is is an absolute possibility for this job. He's plan B if somebody like Ben Johnson falls through. And look, Ben Johnson didn't want to be a head coach. It's not like he spurned Washington for Seattle. So I think overall, the Adam Peters, who was hailed as, you know, the next coming um, just 15 days ago, uh, you know, the first move he made is uh, I'm going to give him the benefit of the doubt. You brought up the second overall pick. I think we all think uh, they should go quarterback. Looks like they probably go quarterback. Let's assume, uh, although we probably shouldn't do that, that the Chicago Bears are smart. Ryan Poles is smart. And for once, they take the right guy, which I think will be Caleb Williams. 
Who would you like to see at number two? Is there a guy that you have, you know, Jaden Daniels, Drake May? Um, is there a guy that you would like to see in D.C.? Yeah, my preference is Daniels. I just think that this past season, you know, every time I – and I watched a lot of LSU like you guys probably did. I think he was uh, – you know, after that Bama first half that he had, before he got injured, I thought he was the best player in America. I think he's one of the most exciting players we've seen in college football in several years. Um, what worries me about Daniels is his frame. He's 6'4", but, you know, he is not a Lamar Jackson thick frame. Um, but I love Daniels. I don't mind Drake May. Um, I just think Daniels is special. Now, all of the stuff that we don't know about, you know, does he have great work ethic? Is he a good leader? Is he a good person? Is he smart? Is he a good processor? All of those things are the things they're going to have to figure out. But in terms of what he did at LSU, I thought by far and away they were the best offensive team in America. If their defense had just been horrible instead of, you know, all-time bad, they may have been in the postseason. They, they may have been in the playoff. Uh, that's my preference. I love Jaden Daniels, um, but it's for them to figure out, and Drake May can play too. Um, but I, if, if it were me and I had all the information and all things were equal, it would be Daniels. Daniels. Yeah, the one thing I'll say, Kevin, is that uh, there's certainly some uh, worries about, well, a decade ago with RG3 and a similar type of quarterback and a little slender and what that can lead to. But also, he's still 6'4", and if you only weigh 210 like he does – that's what you get with the trainers. You gain some weight, you gain some muscle, and you can add weight to players like that. Jaden Daniels is incredibly special. I'm with you there. It's a great position, at least, for this team to be in. All right, let's go ahead and look at the Super Bowl here coming up. Uh, 49ers have now moved to two-point favorites. This is obviously going to kind of stay probably within a field goal if we're, you know, if we're lucky at this point the rest of the way. Still got about a week or so to see where this is going to fluctuate. The big thing here, obviously, is the props market. And, I mean, God, people are going to bet this thing up. This is going to be the most bet Super Bowl, Kevin, that we've ever had. Let's just look at sides right now here where are you leaning have you bet either way have you looked at total have you looked at side what are you most comfortable with right now I, I actually don't like anything um in this game mm -hmm. I'm actually a little bit surprised too Nick that it's moved in this direction obviously sharp money moved it down initially now it's moving it back mm -hmm. um and I still think that if we see another move it would be towards Pickham uh but we'll see if this thing got to two and a half three just on value i'd probably take kansas city um but i don't like the game uh, i i just it i'm the matchup seems to me to be one in which if we just said quarterback oh mahomes you would just bet kansas city but it just seems too obvious so you know how i play um i, I would i would back <laughs> off that i don't love the total uh but again i think if it if it went the way that i don't think it'll go which is if it got to two and a half, if it got to three, which I would be shocked, I would definitely mm -hmm. just with value take Kansas City. But I don't like it right now, you know, either way. Um, but I, I really I'm, – I'm curious as to why. I, I mean, I think it's, you know, the, clearly they know what they're doing. But I was surprised. I thought we were going to see a pick em, maybe, you know, KC minus one as an opening line. Why do you think Kansas City continues to be underdogs throughout the playoffs, even while they continue to, to prove Vegas and, and betters wrong? 
It's a good question, Trista. I think for starters against Buffalo, it was, you know, road environment. Buffalo's special. They've been playing well. This is the first road playoff game for Mahomes. But what I really think it was is I think the I think a lot of odds makers believe that what we saw from Kansas City during the regular season was what we were going to see, which was a team that was not, you know, dynamic for the most part offensively, that struggled at times offensively, that was really led by their defense. Um, but after the Buffalo game, maybe it's because Baltimore was healthy and just much better defensively. Um, and again, they were the home team. But neutral field Vegas, especially when you consider that San Francisco was done. I mean, that game was over. Uh, without the fourth and two drop, without the face mask into Ayuk, without the fumble, without the third and nine drop, without the guy carrying the punt in the, into the end zone, um, they, they got run on. They got moved on for the second straight week. I don't get it. I, I I saw the look-aheads, and the look-aheads made sense to me until I saw San Francisco against Detroit, and I thought for sure we were going to get a pick or Kansas City minus one, and I didn't think they would be a dog. But not only are they, are they a dog, but it just looks like, you know, we've had some sharp money betted up to two, two-and-a-half. I'm, I'm seeing some two-and-a-halves out there right now, which is crazy to me. Kevin, we only got about 90 seconds. Bill Belichick, Pete Carroll, uh, not getting a job, not getting a look makes sense because they're old and Bill's a crab ass. But why do you think Mike Vrabel, uh, <laughs> you know, has gotten a serious look? And what do you think's next for him? Because I think he's a great coach. That's the one. That's the one that is surprising, I think, to even people in the league. I mean, it, it goes back to, I guess, you know, he wanted more control in Tennessee. You know, he had a falling out with Tennessee ownership, had a falling out, I guess, with, with Carthon. Um I know in Washington it's probable that Adam Peters, who was close with Carthon, probably decided not to go down that path. But to me, Vrabel's been certainly a borderline top 10 coach as an in-game strategist, as a guy that's gotten more out of less. I mean, who other than Tomlin in the league has gotten more out of less more often than Vrabel? Um, I I just think that's a sign of, of an excellent coach. So I'm shocked that Brable's not a head coach somewhere. Um, the interesting thing is, would he take a defensive coordinator position, like in Dallas, as an example? Right. Um, I don't think he needs to, but uh, I'd be surprised if he's not a head coach next year. I mean, you know, when next year ends for 2025. Well, you know what's going to happen. Ron Rivera is going to get that uh, defensive coordinator spot in <laughs> Dallas, Kevin, and it's just going to it's going to add to the rivalry. We're going to get some juice. We're going to have Dan Quinn as the spy now, sabotaging the Cowboys. Everything's going to be fun again in that rivalry. Kevin Sheehan, Team Nine Eighty. Yeah, I'm Kevin sure Sheehan Rivera Show wants to do Washington. Well. <laughs> yeah, I was going to say, Nick. I'm sure Rivera really wants to do Washington a bunch of favors. Probably not. <laughs> probably, probably not. It's listen, it's we're still in a better spot in DC, but for the love of God, I was just hoping for something better, at least as a head coach. But I don't hate it. It's just gonna be one of those things where we got a long rebuild coming. Kevin Sheehan, Team 980, Kevin Sheehan Show Podcast. Great to talk to you, buddy. All right, Nick. Hope you're well. Thanks, guys. Thanks, Krista. <laughs> Thanks. It's uh God, it's just, you know, Trista, I I just want a rivalry with your team again. I want my team to be relevant and our water games to matter. Because right now, damn it, my team doesn't matter.
BetMGM tonight.